This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Hey everyone, I'm doing something special in 2018. 18 episodes featuring people who are standing up for something, for a cause, for a purpose, and out there, you know, hitting the pavement, using their voice, whatever it is, to help others or help other beings or help our earth or whatever that particular focus is for them. So if you know somebody standing up for a cause, have them contact me, jane at glisteningparticles.com, so we can have a conversation and I can shine a light on what they're doing. So this thing happens when I'm doing these podcasts these days because, you know, we're up to around like 75 or something like that. And in every conversation, there's this moment where I just sit back and go, oh, in in my head. Sometimes it's out loud, but mostly it's in my head. And I think with Melissa, I did that about 10 times because I just completely get her. She's a seeker, a podcaster, a vegan I don't know, just this like amazing bright light. And it was so fun talking with her. So please enjoy. Here's Melissa Monti. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to Glistening Particles. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. I'm happy to have you. And it was funny because I was, as I was looking at my calendar and I knew we had it scheduled and I was checking out your, um, your website and that I'm like, how did we meet? I couldn't remember. (laughs) And then it finally occurred to me that we are sisters and podcasters on the She Podcast Facebook page, which is a really cool place to hang out and get connections if any of you podcasters out there want to check it out. And I think it's pretty much just for girls. Yeah, and it's very supportive. People are always just trying to help each other and learn from each other. So it's really neat. I know. I've just been on it a few weeks, and I couldn't believe how much information I got out there. So I love that those communities exist, and we can just dive in and be part of it. So yeah, that's where we met. And um, you have a podcast called Mind Love. It's modern mindfulness for higher vibes. So we dive into basically all of the little things that you can do to be a better human, be happier. And I bring on inspiring guests who just share their stories and and leave each each episode with an action item for people to kind of try in their lives. Yeah, I was listening to some of your episodes, some at the beginning and one all the way through, and I'm like so well, first of all, I love your voice. So it's really pleasant to listen to it. And then um, it's really uplifting. I mean, the the conversations and they're kind of all over the place. You know, there's like a lot of different topics covered in the in the number of episodes you have already. So how do you find the people to be on your show? Because you're like, well, we're both all over the place, I think. Well, it's funny because for me, it doesn't feel as all over the place because so far, every person that's been on my show has been 
diving into a topic that's personally helped me in my life. Mm. So I love to learn. I've read 47 books last year, everything from like spirituality to business success and law of attraction and things like that. And so um, I, I just have a really big passion for just kind of bettering all the areas of my life that need work. So for example, one of my last guests was one of the only female instructors I could find of the Wim Hof method. And lately I have been taking cold showers because I heard that it can boost your immune system and things like that. So I wanted to dive into an extreme form of that. And the reason I had begun taking cold showers was because of a Tim Ferriss episode where uh, he brought on Wim Hof. So, so all of these, all of the things in it so far are things that are, I have been using for mindfulness or for just kind of, being happier, figuring out how powerful your mind is, you know? I love that. Actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to listen to all of them because that's the way I am too. I love learning new things. And I find that podcasting is, podcasts are the way that I digest it better. I can't, you know, I'm not sitting in a place where I can read as much, but I love hearing the stories of how people bring it into their lives. So it's interesting too, that right before we got on, we were talking about how our topics sort of like thread like you had listened to my last episode and we had talked about Yoga Nidra and I had just heard about it like a couple weeks before the episode. And then after that, you found out um, this class you're going to is someone you were just editing their episode, like all these connections. No lie. Two days ago, I took my first cold shower on, on t- intentionally. <laughs> intentionally. Oh, wow. Now, I'm kind of a baby. So it wasn't like a really long, full cold shower, but it was um, we have a infrared sauna and I'm trying to get and we just built a home gym so sort of like collected equipment to call it a home gym and I'm switching from going to a gym and doing more at home and um so I was in the sauna and my trainer was messaging me like how'd your workout go I'm like it went great uh in the sauna and he said you should take a cold shower after that I'm like oh yeah that sounds like a great idea so I did for about like I, I would call it not freezing cold but like chilly and it lasted about 30 seconds. Then I went to warm. But what I noticed is I didn't go to hot, you know, so I felt like I was still improving. So how do you do that? How do you go from I can spend half an hour in a hot shower to a cold shower? And how long does that go on? Um, I am kind of a baby with it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to this woman I talked to, she she actually moved from a warm state to a cold state. Well, <laughs> and that's she, crazy. And so she's like, I can take a Denver cold shower now. And I was like, oh, my gosh, because I tried to take a Mammoth Mountain cold shower and thought I was dying. So um, but my my husband gets really into them and you can hear him jump in the water and he just jumps in straight to the cold. And wow. you hear Whoo, <laughs> something like that, like every time it's really funny. And so I've been telling him for years, two years, it's like you're. Showers are my nightmare. <laughs> That's then, not usually oh, how it's I supposed to work. <laughs> I interviewed this woman. She was, just inspired me so much. And so then I started to research Wim Hof even more. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is the breathing technique that you do beforehand, oh. which is really interesting to think about because so his breathing technique, you basically take a deep breath as as much as you can and then exhale a little bit or exhale, but not exhale all the way. Then you take another deep breath and you do this a bunch. So you, it feels like you're, since you never exhale all the way, mm-hmm. you are constantly pushing oxygen into your body. Mm-hmm. And so if you look up some YouTube videos of this technique, there's this one in particular of this girl that 
seems like she's terrified and hates it in the beginning of her journey, but she kind of chronicles a few weeks and then she's stoked in a freezing cold pond outside in the snow. Like Mm -hmm. I can do this. And her boyfriend was like, I cannot. And so, (laughs) but it was interesting to note because somebody mentioned, well, it's interesting to think of that. That is just what happens to your body when you're getting more oxygen, you become superhuman. And so maybe we're currently only getting a certain amount, not enough oxygen to where we are. We're just getting enough to survive rather than thrive and just be these power beings out in the world. So I'm exploring it and I'm trying to get better each week, but I think I need to go to one of the ice bath workshops. (laughs) Oh, there's workshops for that even? Look it up on wimhoff.com or wimhoffmethod.com. They have workshops all over the United States and they will fully put a giant steel ice bath and, and fill it with ice and each person takes their turn. And people are so badass, like to like that. It shouldn't be that badass to take a cold shower. But to me, I don't like the cold. I'm waiting to move out of Wisconsin and away from the cold. And the idea of intentionally getting cold seems so backwards. But I will admit, it felt like I felt more alive and vibrant afterwards compared to the usual, which is like I said, like a half hour as hot as I can get a shower. <laughs> and then it's I'm insane. just like ready for a nap, you know? Yeah. And like you, I step in the ocean and my feet are throbbing and people, Wim Hof has set the world record of staying completely submerged in ice from the neck down for two full hours, an hour wow. and 52 minutes which is insane. And his body temperature stayed at 98.6 degrees the whole time. Well, that's the thing. I mean, he's doing something that's, I mean, do other, can other people learn to do that to keep their body temperature the same? Or is he the only person who can do that? Yeah, he's teaching people. He has set the world record. So nobody's gotten to the point that he has, but people are getting close. And so there's this book by Scott Carney. And Scott Carney is an author and journalist known to debunk people that consider themselves Uh gurus and he goes around and just shows everyone that they're full of crap so (laughs) he saw Wim Hof and he's like I'm gonna go get this guy but he went on a wilderness retreat because Wim Hof also does these little retreats out in the snow where you're in shorts Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and so he did a wilderness retreat with Wim Hof and he ended up being a full believer wrote a book about it how this guy's on to something and and now is a devout follower of of Wim Hof and goes to the workshops and and helps lead them sometimes. So Oh my gosh. So by people can learn. By being skeptical, he found his new path. Yep. That's Very interesting. interesting. I know that is totally interesting. I'm trying to think of any situations in my life where that got me there. You know, like you know, like where being skeptical of something took me on a really great new path. I'll have to think about that. Do you have any like yeah, that? I think so, but my mindset has always been a little bit different. I like to say that I'm the least cynical person ever. I dive into things trying to prove <laughs> it, not trying to disprove it. Me too. And Me so too. <laughs> it's doing the same things, but it's going in with a smile and excitement <laughs> rather than one eyebrow raised, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. I think I'm the same way, especially with new ways to eat. Like this is the thing. This is what's going to make you healthier. New supplements or new, you know, all these the newest thing that everybody's saying is great. I'll be like, yeah, I bet it is. And then I'll go into it and then, oh, well, maybe not this time. But 
Sometimes I did that. I was just having a conversation about this because so in the last couple of years, I I am vegan now and I do try to limit wheat. I've been trying to cut out sugar, you know, the main culprits of of things. But the vegan diet I did to heal my gut because I was suffering from chronic gastritis and I thought it was going to be lifelong and and about one day mm-hmm. a month, I was just in bed and couldn't even move. It was the worst wow. feeling ever. Found out I had chronic gastritis and just thought it was going to be something that I lived with. So I tried to change my diet a little bit. But then my cousin was a vegan and she gave me a book called How Not to Die. So I read it and it was just so eye-opening. I made all of these changes and I slowly went vegan. I didn't go cold tofu. <laughs> cold tofu. Get it. Yeah, I got um, it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... But then I got really into health books. So I started reading other ones. And I read this one called The Plant Paradox, which was on the bestseller, bestsellers mm-hmm. list this year or last year. And I, ch- I changed my diet for that, too. Mm-hmm. And then I think I completely debunked the book, though. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, so I bought these contraptions to make these things. And <laughs> and now I don't believe you anymore. So <laughs> So we should kind of we weird. should cut out the section about the plant paradox. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, plant paradox. <laughs> so this is another interesting trend because uh, last week, well, last week's episode or this week's episode was Sandra, and she's a vegan. She's vegan as well. I think she's been vegan for a year, and she can't say enough about it. Like changed her health so much. She lost fifty, I think, fifty pounds, and um, just. In, in a comfortable, easy way, like with ease. And then uh, I'm doing this special this year, a special series called 18 and 2018, where I'm talking with people who are standing up for something. And so I'm in the process of booking a guy um, who's over in Europe, just really going after animal rights. And he's a powerful speaker for the vegan world, I guess. And um, so vegan keeps showing up, yoga nidra and vegan. That apparently is the the energy I'm tapped into in the universe right now. And yeah, well, I think veganism is going to keep showing up. Did you see that McDonald's just launched a vegan burger? I did not. I will say that I am <laughs> not going to be eating it. <laughs> I have so many mixed feelings because on one hand, I'm like, um, gross. On the other hand, uh-huh. McDonald's has such a reach and I am right. very passionate about veganism now. I'm like, okay, great. If this is how people are going to be introduced to it, then that's awesome. But right. I don't plan on taking a bite out of the McVegan <laughs> burger. The McVegan. It just sounds so wrong because really what would be in it? I mean, that's the thing. We just don't know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's right? a really tough thing. I mean, I it's something I'll be exploring a lot, I believe, this year because I I found the eating style that seems to work best for my body to feel the most vibrant and, and healthier. But uh, a couple, I think it was two years ago, maybe two, maybe last year, I no, two years ago, I tried, I went vegan for a month. And I watched all the propaganda. And so what happened is now I can hardly eat meat without like that in my head. Like, okay, it's got to be, I have to know that this animal was not tortured or you know what I mean? It's like, I have to go through all these things in my head. Sometimes I can completely shut it off. Not all the time. And then, uh, so I have a feeling this will be a highly uh, educational year around being vegan. And it's like, I want to be but I don't know what to eat because I eat primarily mm-hmm. like paleo. So it's just meat and vegetables. And then there's just vegetables. I'll be a herbivore. And that would yeah, be that, that was why I went. I started out by going mostly vegan and mm-hmm. living in Santa Monica. 
it's the easiest place to be vegan. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go vegan as often as possible. If there's a vegan option, I'm going to get it. Mm -hmm. And then it just ended up that I ate vegan so often that it had been a while since I had chicken. And I did the same thing where Uh I educate myself. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly there's this cognitive dissonance in my head. where I'm like, okay, I yes. And and part of me had convinced myself, oh, well, the organic chicken and all of this stuff. But but then I, I just couldn't really grapple with it. It was the cognitive dissonance, as I said. And so I remember after a month, I had my first piece of chicken and suddenly all I could see was flesh. Like that's how oh, I viewed it. And I didn't right. view it as chicken anymore. And yeah, I haven't, I haven't gone back since. Plus <laughs> it did. I, after being vegan for six weeks, mm-hmm. my stomach issues that I had been dealing with for almost two years completely cleared up mm-hmm. completely never dealt, dealt with it again. And my husband was actually having nerve damage in his arm. He's very active. He was mm-hmm. on American Ninja Warrior one year and oh, wow. like, do the flagpole, you know, where they yeah. just hold their bodies out <laughs> like a flag. Wow. Insane. Um, whenever we're at the beach, he gets a whole crowd around him because oh. he puts uh, rings and stuff over there. But <laughs> he was having nerve damage in his arm and getting really worried about it because uh-huh. part of his arm had gone completely numb. And after about six weeks on a vegan diet, he he hasn't dealt with nerve damage anymore either. And he had been dealing with that for about a decade. Are you serious? Well, how, mm-hmm. Okay. Why would that be? What is, well, tell me about that. Like why? What's the uh, red meat? Is it well the the nerves? Uh, uh, what happens is that we don't realize that our body is fighting off almost everything that we eat, especially mm-hmm. if we're eating meat. So our body doesn't even absorb meat in a very healthy way, and there's no nutrients in meat that we couldn't get from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So it takes our bodies ten days to fight off one piece of chicken. And that's why our immune systems are down because our body's always fighting off our food. Whereas when you take that out, your body can put all of its resources to healing whatever's going wrong. Hmm. And so, whereas a lot of people, for example, my grandma says, well, my mom ate, ate red meat and butter and (laughs) all of her life. And she lived to be 97. But I like to tell my grandma, my grandma's suffering from COPD right now. Mm -hmm. I like to tell her, Some people smoke their whole lives and never get COPD. We all have these vulnerabilities in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, well, nobody in my family got cancer because of this. You can have a a different vulnerability in your body or even your bloodline can. And so so now I just believe in with everything coming around, like the radiation from cell phones and all of these things that you hear, there's a, a little bit of truth in every single one of them. And so I believe in doing all of the steps that I can to give my body the tools it needs to protect itself mm-hmm. and to heal. That's amazing. I, I think you're part of the educate Jane on vegan and get her to convert um, train like you're part of that camp or the camp. You're camp Happy Jane. To do so. <laughs> and I feel better than I ever have. I've had a lot of issues around food. I had a very dangerous case of bulimia for eight years. And so um, I healed myself, but I still had a lot of feelings going on in my head. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is my favorite part is suddenly now because I'm so educated on my health and what I put into my body and nutrition and things like that. I go into every meal feeling very confident, even if I do choose to have something unhealthy, Uh uh, like, you know, processed vegan food or sugar or whatever. I I just feel good about my decisions. I know that 80% of what I'm doing is going Mm -hmm. to be good. And all of that has melted away in the last two years as well. And I, 
I just don't deal with the same unhealthy feelings that I used to. It pops up every now and then, especially around holidays or stress, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I have the tools mentally to fight right. it off. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I, I think I'd want to, I want to pick your brain for like days, but I won't because that wouldn't be fair. But I would like to ask you just out of curiosity, like what is like one of your favorite vegan meals that you can make regularly and easily, like something that you do on a regular basis? Because that's always, you know, I grew up on the meat and potatoes, American diet, and it's been a transition enough going to like the whole 30 plan and cutting out all I mean, and I've been off like the, the grains for a long, long time. So it's not like that's part of it, but just, you know, having flavor that I'm that I like and all that. So what would you call your go to meal? I make a lot of different curries. Okay. I got a pressure cooker, which is a game changer. Oh, because the first of all, the Instapot. Yes. I love that. I have and so too. you can make all your beans. And so I've been also trying to do less waste. I've been really following zero waste lifestyles, even mm-hmm. though I'm not as good, but I'm making steps. And so I've been trying to get more things in bulk and less packaging. So one good part about making all of your beans in a pressure cooker if you're buying canned stuff, you're getting a lot of the remnants from sitting in a can. There's a lot of bad things mm-hmm. from canned foods. There are also a lot of lectins in beans and other types of foods, which can be negative to your health in large amounts. And when you cook things in a pressure cooker, it removes the lectins, which is very lectins. cool. Lectins. Lectins. Yeah. L-E-C-T-I-N-S. Lectins. Because mm-hmm. I was lectin. just reading about leptins, so I want to make sure I've got it right. <laughs> a little different. Yeah. And so I like to... Um, make a bunch of beans in bulk and keep them in the fridge so they're just ready to go. And I I do make a lot of curries. And so with with coconut milks and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it can be super flavorful. I use a lot of spices, which have a lot of health benefits. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite easy meals mm-hmm. is, well, a lot of the things I make are in bulk. So when it comes to making a meal, then I have this stuff. Like mm-hmm. I I have a cashew sour cream that I made in my fridge right now. I'll often make cashew Parmesan cheese as well, which is really, really delicious. It's got nutritional yeast and ground up cashews and stuff like that. I'll portobello mushroom caps mm. and put tomato sauce, some of the some of the cashew Parmesan, and then just put other vegetables on top and stick it in the oven. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how much it tastes like pizza. Wow. People's minds have been blown. And it's so easy and so <laughs> healthy. I'm going to need that like written up because, well, I think I got some good notes, but pizza is like the thing I miss the most. Seriously. Like that is, people say, what's your favorite meal that you want? I'm like, pizza, just pizza. <laughs> Thin crust, <laughs> yeah. the old fashioned kind, but not, not the I'll thick send crust. It to you. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. I would love to try that. That sounds delicious. And I've read about, I've read about cashew sour cream and cashew Parmesan cheese, but I've never actually um, made an attempt at it. Very easy. It's just a food processor and like five ingredients. So you can make a bunch of it and put it in a little Tupperware. Okay. So now that we've got me straight on vegan and what I'm going to eat and one of these days, one of these great vegan meals I'm going to try and, you know, solidify that that's the path I'm on. um, I wanted to ask how you found your way to this way of living because you sound so knowledgeable and settled into it. So what led you to this? I have always been a seeker. It's what has led me to everything where I just love to read I see, I'll finish a book and see what was related books on Amazon and get the next one. And so I have a mission to read everything that anyone's ever talked about. (laughs) (laughs) And so 
Um, that plus being in Santa Monica and being in the yoga community, I have seen a lot of vegans. Plus, this is one of the prime vegan locations. It's just mm. so easy being vegan here. And so that combined with the fact that my cousin turned vegan a few years ago and she has been very hardcore with it and has taught me a lot, mm-hmm. which has been awesome. So I've gone to vegan events and, and you know, it was just like just little light bulbs in my brain yeah. and I'll follow one and, and just go a little bit more. And so for a while I was almost vegan, but mm-hmm. still ate occasional organic chicken and, and, um, eggs, but mostly because my husband was so good at making egg sandwiches uh-huh. in the morning. I was like, this is what you cook. <laughs> if, if we take this away from you, then what, what are you going to cook? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, and like I said, I was just like, oh, mostly vegan. And mm-hmm. then and then eventually I realized, wow, I've been vegan for a while. And suddenly other food items were starting to gross me out. Mm-hmm. And now it the, just the longer it goes, your tastes totally change. And my husband and I joke about the fact that we can we look at meat now and it actually grosses us out. Wow. So right after we got married, we we did this big European road trip um, of nine countries and we had just sold our stuff, got married a couple days later and then went on this road trip. Pretty stressful. But we came back and decided, well, we don't have any stuff. Let's road trip the United States. And so what? we, what? we Wait, what? five months and landed in New York and we were like, I, I think we really like it here. Let's just stay for a while. So we just decided to stay in New York for another six months. And we went and looked at this apartment. We obviously needed to live with somebody because things were very pricey there and we wanted to live in a good area. And so we almost moved in with these vegan girls and they're like, well, if you're going to eat meat, you can eat. She says you can eat meat in this in our apartment, but you can't cook on our dishes. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) okay, these girls are crazy. And just the other day, my husband reminded me of them. And she's like, remember when we thought those girls are crazy for not wanting us to cook meat on the pots? And now we're like, yeah, nobody's going to cook meat on our pots. <laughs> really? So it's yeah. to that point. So it's not just about the nutrition. It's really the underlying principle. Is there. So part of my research, I did this. They did a study and it was a, a pretty big study about, um, so America has the worst food laws, like some of the worst. It's worse than Mexico. Mm-hmm. We're just allowed to sell chicken with salmonella. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And other and Europe is not allowed to. So there's hardly any cases of salmonella. So they did a, a, a study and they tested a kitchen that just regularly cooked with meat. Mm-hmm. There was salmonella and like deadly bacteria everywhere. Wow. So then they tried it in another group where they taught them all of the safety precautions to take. Still salmonella everywhere. Then they treated one as almost a biohazard with gloves and these crazy chemicals cleaning it up. Still traces, but better than the first. So a lot of disease is just spread just from the cooking utensils that people Mm -hmm. don't really realize that's where they're getting it from. Backing it up one step further before becoming vegan, what kind of led you on this path of like all of the spirit? I mean, it sounds like you have a strong spiritual Con, you know, contributing to the world, um, living, living, you know, minimally, minimal impact. What led you to that? Has that always been who you are? Like I said, I've always been a seeker, but different things caused me to seek different answers. And mm-hmm. so I grew up with a pretty charmed life until about the age of 15. Mm-hmm. 
Actually, I thought it was until about the age of 17 until a repressed memory just came back recently with the Me Too movement. Mm. And so right in a very close period of time, I was raped. A close friend of mine committed suicide and my dad died of lymphoma. And I was just ill-equipped to deal with anything because I had had such a good life. I was an overachiever. Mm -hmm. And even when I was a little girl, I loved to learn. And so I was always like, a straight A student and mm-hmm. on honors classes and taking extra academic classes instead of home ec like everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just love to learn. And so then I go to college and just handled it all by partying. And that's mm-hmm. when I developed a really bad case of an eating disorder and just making bad decisions. Mm-hmm. I, it was a roller coaster, but through it all, I, I had this deep desire to just be happy and be healthy. Mm-hmm. Even when I was at my worst case of bulimia, where I was just binging and purging in my room all day long sometimes and just thinking I could never be with anybody because how was I going to hide this? And mm-hmm. and I don't think I can stop. And I couldn't even imagine a future mm-hmm. where I didn't have that going on. That's how bad it was. Wow. And I I was still trying to be healthy. I was trying to buy healthy foods, even though I was going to throw them up. It was, it was interesting. And it was, you know, I have to learn to be compassionate with my former self, but Mm -hmm. it was stupid. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, I, I, somebody gave me a book once, the mastery of love. And I remember it just opening my eyes like, wow, you can just choose happiness and people don't need to affect you. And other people, other people's issues with you and other people's expectations are on them. Mm-hmm. You do you. Right. And I think growing up, my mom is great and she's very supportive. And But I always felt like the need to please. And like, you know, how moms are. <laughs> Just oh, like, oh, totally. I totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that was just an eye opener for me. And that was kind of what triggered, what else can I learn? What else is out there? Mm-hmm. And I also took a a world religions class in college and a philosophy class in high school that were other trigger moments for me. And I think a lot of people have like this one, oh, this was the moment that everything changed. I have like 15 that were little light bulbs that Mm might have changed something but didn't change the full direction of my life. And so growing up very religious and then all of a sudden learning, well, I grew up pretty Christian. And then all of a sudden learning a little bit more about other religions and about other philosophies and seeing, oh, it's not just black and white like they everyone wants you to see. It's for in philosophy class in particular, I remember actually every chapter was a different philosophy. And I remember learning the first one and saying, that makes total sense. What if that's what life is? <laughs> and then all of a sudden going on to like nihilism, <laughs> you know, and and I was like, that actually makes total sense also. (laughs) Could that be what life is? But it doesn't go with the last one. So just realizing that there can be so many things that make sense just depends on where you are in your life, which story you're going to connect with, which I think is why all religions exist. Or as people want to say, oh, that's just wrong. When you look at the heart of it all, they're all seeking the same things. They're just told in a slightly different story. And like where Western is very one god type religions, India and and Eastern religions tend to have multiple gods. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but wonder if it's that, well, we come from a democracy where we have so much more power. And so we need the balance of that one, mm-hmm. whereas 
other countries tend to have more dictatorships. Mm-hmm. And so they need their religions to feel more freeing where there's multiple gods. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we each are just searching for our own, our what makes sense to us at the time. And since I've gone through so many different things, I've needed so many different answers. Right. I totally agree with you. But I, I do think that all of these things that you're learning, you know, that you've sought that as through seeking of learning more about all religions and about food and about health and about um, all philosophy and all of that, it's almost like creating. It's like filling in. Uh, it's like you know those you know those uh, oil paintings you can get where they're all like paint by number, and there's all those little boxes and you have to color them in. It's almost like that's how we color in all of the the spots on our own paint by number of our life by collecting all these bits and pieces and. Without looking at all of them, your picture wouldn't get complete. You know, that's a beautiful way to look at it. It's like all the glistening particles yeah. in your life, right? <laughs> I have goosebumps everywhere right now. I, we, I hope we, I hope we recorded that. Oh wait, we did. We did. <laughs> Just kidding. Made me look though. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that is with because without one of those or ten of those, you really couldn't see the beauty and depth of the one that you're focusing on at the time. It's like it gives us that breadth. So you really explained that really well. It's, Thank it's you. a good story. <laughs> so um, what is the, like, what are the next things you're curious about? So you're always seeking, totally get that. I'm the same way. There's always like five more things out there. What are some of the things you're starting to delve into next? I'm going the next level on a number of things. It's interesting because right now I feel like I'm so in alignment. All these things keep happening. Like we were just discussing Uh where I'll say something and then walk by and hear a stranger that was around the corner say the exact same thing. And I keep talking about it with my husband because he's on the same path. And we've been taking these little steps towards success in the last few years. We've been really focused on building our legacies, which is part of what's spawned this podcast and, and uh, trying to build a business from that. And he has his own business. And so I had kind of shifted my focus a couple years ago from, from the more spiritual side to business. And it blew my mind because when I was looking in the, in the entrepreneur books and even the science of getting rich, it still all boils down to so many of the same principles. And so we've been taking these little steps towards these goals. And now I can finally feel the accumulation of them all, where mm-hmm. I feel like if I, if I say that I'm going to do something, I know that it's going to happen, which is never a, a confidence that I've had before. And I've, this is the last year was the very first year that I really laid out all my goals where I, I wrote out an entire list of hundreds of hundreds of the steps that I needed to create this goal and then broke them down to individual steps into smaller micro goals and broke them down to make sure that every single one of them was less, took less than 15 minutes to complete. And then I organized them. And so it took a very long time to do that, but, and I've got to go and revise sometimes, but it's funny because new year's resolutions just happened and I've been joining accountability groups and starting masterminds and, and I'm just really excited to watch this, all of my hard work, unfurl because I've been just seeing it pay off for the first time 
ever. Mm. <laughs> you know, like you see little little things, but then I'd lose it. But this is this is the time that I know it's going to stick. And I think it really comes with creating a vision. Most people just think, oh, I want to be this when I grow up or I just right. want to. Yeah, it'd be great to do this, but they or never I want to be rich. I want to have money to travel, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And they never take the actual steps to do that. Well, I'm excited about laying out the steps and being able to feel like I have full control over my future and and then seeing it happen because I totally believe that it can and it's it's fun. It's <sighs> it it's a, a level of happiness I didn't expect to find because you search so much in the mind and all of this stuff. But I think what it comes down to is finding what your purpose is. Mm -hmm. And the way that I discovered that I wanted to do this podcast was that I wrote a letter to 11 different people that I'm close to, including family members, people I've known in business and, and just close friends and asked them what my superpower was. And all of them came back and wrote different things. And there were a couple things that they all had in common. One of them that I didn't really think of was that I was good at collecting a lot of information and organizing it in a way that people could understand, which <laughs> is funny because people said that in my business side, which I've designed apps and stuff like that. And, and then even like my old roommate. So I had no idea this was this all encompassing gift that I had. <laughs> and then explaining things to people. And then my just deep desire to learn and explore all the little pockets of life that mm -hmm. other people have found that made them happy. And so I was trying to figure out a way to bring all of this together while not settling on just one and not having to stop what my big passion was. And so what this podcast allows me to do is still search and still learn from other people and bring people on and hear their stories and what they're focusing on and, and see which things I want to apply to my life. So that's what I'm excited about right now. You know, I think you are on an amazing path. I I mean, you're actually kind of blowing my mind because I feel like how I get to the things that I'm doing that I love, it's sort of been like I tripped over this and bumped into that and then here I am, you know. Um, there's some things that I set out intentions for and I, I know what you mean where you know it will happen. That's how I feel about some things go like this last year and some things coming up ahead. I'm like, I know I'm going to do this thing. I already see it. Like I can see it. But I haven't broken it down to the steps, which I think would be really useful. And I am going to write a letter to 11 people in my life and ask them, or if I, I don't know if it's 11, but some people and ask them what my superpower is, because that would be so cool to get that feedback. You know, you should. Yeah. Well, I had read all of these books and realized I was reading them so fast that I wasn't applying them or somebody uh -huh. would ask me out a book, five books before, and I wouldn't remember all of the details, but just be like, I know it was good. You should read it. <laughs> and so I decided I needed to slow down and mm -hmm. start to apply them all. So I started getting a little bit more selective. And I read a book by Pat Flynn called Will It Fly? And it goes to just into dissecting your next business idea and seeing if it's going to work. Mm -hmm. And I had done just like you where I had stumbled over everything. I've designed apps. I was an enrollment counselor for a school. I even volunteered at the Suicide and Crisis Counseling Center. I started a travel blog when I was traveling around and that started <laughs> to take off. But each of the things I realized it was fun at first because it was a challenge. And then I realized I don't want to be in charge of other people's educations. I want to be in charge of mine or I don't want to design apps. I want to play with apps or I don't want to write about travel. I want to travel. And so uh, 
just realizing all these things and, and having them fizzle can be very discouraging. So I thought, maybe I actually need to come at this a little bit more strategically. Decided to read that book, which I had started at one point, but didn't feel confident that I was going to be able to follow through with all of the techniques mm -hmm. a year before. And suddenly I was reminded. I was like, I need to revisit that book. I think I'm ready. And I started to do all the steps. And it was called the shark bait test in that book, writing oh, a letter. Oh, wow. To yeah. And it was very, very helpful. You know, um, I've had that with books too, where you start to read it and they don't make sense. Or For me, it's more that they don't make sense. Not that I'm not going to follow through with it, but that I'm like, oh, it doesn't make sense. And all of a sudden, two years later, I'll pick it up and it's like, oh, this makes perfect sense. This is all like, Now I'm ready for this yep. information. I love that. How, and it's so obvious, you know, <laughs> like, or oh, even yeah. going back and reading <laughs> books that you loved and you get an entirely different message from it because you're at a different place in your life. That's pretty awesome too. I know. I mm -hmm. So, okay. So, so your next thing then is, did we have a next thing yet? Oh yeah. Yeah. You're, you've got your business lined out. What else is going on? Is there something like outside of your norm that you're curious about that you're starting to read or look at? I am diving into lucid dreaming right now. Ooh. And so I got a book called Dream Yoga to get okay. me started. I really like to start off on the right foot. Some people just like, okay, I'm going to try to lucid dream and then look up YouTube videos. But I like to know that I'm learning the right information first. Mm -hmm. And so I normally get like a, a course or something that has already been reviewed mm -hmm. so that I, because I've done that before, <laughs> suddenly I'm like, oh, <laughs> wrong path. Like, <laughs> like plant paradox. Um, <laughs> but, uh, although that was a yeah, book, so, that was a book, right? <laughs> yes. And so I, um, I have this book and, and it was interesting because there's a few different techniques that they tell you to use. And one of them is affirming that you're in reality while you're actually in reality. So just if you can remember throughout the day, be like, is this real? Question, learn to question. Because if you keep doing that and, and you look at something and just say, is this real as often as possible? What your dreams do is it brings that in. And so it was only after about six days of trying this mm -hmm. that I, I was in a dream and and like sleeping, suddenly, like fully asleep dream, like you were just sleeping like normal and you were in yes. a dream. Okay. And okay. So there's a few other <laughs> things that they tell you to do. They also tell you to set an alarm at about four in the morning or when you're oh, yeah, like yeah. REM cycle to wake up and then fall back asleep because then you kind of reach this half dream state for a minute. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> it was a very weird dream that I was having for whatever reason don't judge me, but I was I had some sort of cookie dough or some sort of food mush that I was like squeezing in between my toes in the dream. No wow. idea why. Wow. And it's such a weird thing right. that, and that's what's supposed to happen when something really off yeah. happens. That'll normally be what triggers your, wait, is this real? Like something doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, there's no way I'd be doing this in real life. I was like, wait, is this real? And suddenly it was like, and everything went white and I was in my dream still like, oh my <sighs> gosh, I am lucid dreaming right now. And I started to like float and then suddenly I woke up and I was like, darn it, my alarm went off. Oh, darn it. <laughs> but I've been seeing the beginning stages of really getting into this lucid dreaming and how cool would that be where you can just, you feel like it's such a free time. If you can actually harness having full control over your dreams, then then that can be the time that you play and you can get serious here or you know, like, not. I mean, 
still always play in life but right right you know just fly well, and crazy play and like see people yeah. that you want to see like you can see like uh well my dad's gone too you could see your dad and have a conversation right in lucid dreaming you could choose yeah. to do that you could ask them a question yeah and or i could ask albert einstein a question that would be i right? want to understand something more about entanglement and maybe he could tell me and it's like i want yeah <laughs> it's like i wonder if you can just reach I wonder if it's just this extra state of higher consciousness where we all meet up, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, know. like it's an additional realm. You know, I've had, a, I was interested in that a couple of years ago, a few years ago, like um, someone I knew uh, on this philosophy site actually was talking about it a lot. And I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. But then I read some things that it's like, it made me afraid of it. Like, it's, is this dangerous, you know? And then I have a friend who, do, who does it a lot now and, and I'm like, I wonder if I started doing it, if I just feel like, I need to sleep. I'm going to go sleep some more. <laughs> but I, I'm really curious about it. So now that you've said that, and I do actually set an alarm at 4 o'clock every day and, and one at 4.30. So I end up going back to sleep and I always have crazy dreams, but I never really like added them up and I don't check into them. So now I'm going to have to start practicing the, is this real? Like, is this real? Are we having this conversation this right now? Yeah. Are you Melissa? Do I know everyone you? around you is going to think you're crazy, but you're going to be all right. They already do. No. Let's be honest. <laughs> right. Oh, you mean not say you say it out loud? You say it out loud. I've been trying. <laughs> I don't know if that's how you're supposed to do it, but I used to the weird side eyed glances anyways. I love that. So your husband and you, you, it sounds like you have a great relationship that he, you know, like you're on board with a lot of the same plans. I mean, how exciting to just, you know, backpack around Europe and then go hang out in New York and then just go with whatever you want to do. That must be, that's good stuff. Yeah, it's been amazing. We bonded. The first thing we bonded over was the fact that neither of us were ever getting married. <laughs> <laughs> And so um, I have just always kind of been a free spirit and I felt like relationships brought me down. Even the good ones, I'm, I've just, I'm a seeker. And so unless I found like that incredible yogi that had more experience in all these things than me, right. then, then I would fall into it, like him a lot. There'd be probably plenty of like about each person that I dated. And then and then eventually realized that I had lost parts of myself or I didn't have as much time to do all this exploring that I wanted to do. And I would be resentful and just end it. And so all of my relationships were really, most of them were really just me being like, oh, I think I'm over this. I've got stuff to do. And they're like, three years meant nothing. And so <laughs> um, my mom told me I wasn't allowed to break any hearts anymore at one point. Uh -huh. So I was just like, I'm just going to do single me. It's much better. And a chance encounter a friend of mine invited me up to Big Bear for Christmas, and I was planning to go to up north where I normally go, but for whatever reason, that month, right before that, I said, I'm the happiest I've ever been. I had a great job. I was making a lot of money. I lived with somebody. We had an amazing apartment. I loved her. She was my favorite roommate, and I was just happy. I was partying a lot, though. There were still changes that needed to be made, but I thought I was happy. And suddenly, in a one-month period of time, I crashed my car, found out my landlord was selling my place, and my company shut down. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> so gosh. Like, oh, God. So don't say and you're so, happy without knocking on wood or something. <laughs> yeah. And so I had some money saved um, a little bit that would get me by a few months. 
But I decided, well, I can't go up north for Christmas because I have to move out by January 1st. So I changed my plans and went up to Big Bear and ended up meeting him at a Christmas Eve party and stayed at his house while I was learning to snowboard because he had a big three-bedroom house in Big Bear. And we just bonded over everything. Mm -hmm. We bonded over over the fact that we weren't getting married (laughs) and that (laughs) um, and the book The Power by Rhonda Byrne, Hmm. which is the sequel to the secret. Oh, I have that on my bookshelf to be read. Honestly, it, I do. It's right over it's there. It's my favorite of her books, I think. And so we were just all about being positive. And, and from that point on, all of the growth that I had been slowly picking away at for so many years just started to accelerate. And it's almost like having this live-in mastermind group, you know, mm-hmm. where suddenly you have things to bounce off and somebody responds positively and expands on it. And and is as open-minded as me. And so we've, we've done a lot, like in just the three years that we've been married, we've, we've experienced so much and have lived in the smallest places ever. This mm-hmm. is like tiny home living. Our apartment right now is 300 square feet. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and we both work remotely, but we do have a co-working space, but it's like our room in New York that we lived in was half this size. It was so small. I can't we, even imagine that. And road tripping for five months. Um, We slept in our car a number of nights. We stayed in Airbnbs, couch Uh surfed. We couch surfed in Switzerland with Uh this guy who, for whatever reason, he had this giant couch that wrapped around the whole room and said that two people couldn't sleep on it because he thought it would break. (laughs) Shane had to sleep on a hardwood floor. It felt like he was just punishing him. It was very weird. So we've had some good times, but we've just, you know, we, we approach each experience Instead of just like, oh, this is what's happening and this is why we're frustrated with, oh, wow, this is what's happening and it's kind of exposing something we each need to work on. Mm-hmm. And so if you really take responsibility for everything instead of blaming the other person, then I think you can have a really awesome relationship. And that's what we try to do. That's amazing advice. Like, how I, Can I ask how old you guys are? Because you seem really young compared to I me. Am, <laughs> I am 32. Okay. And he is younger than me. He's... um he's 30. I That's think amazing. That. I mean, I love, you know, I've, I've talked with enough people over the last couple of years. And then just in my friendship group, it seems like I have people of all ages. And um, I'm so excited for this generation, for what you and what you guys are doing and what you're creating and the, the change mindset that's really proliferating the whole beings. You know, it's, it's good to see. It makes me happy every time I hear this. I mean, for you to be setting such a great relationship example and working hard to get to that, and then sharing that, that'll help some other people. Now, I had to do have to ask, is there a book that you read that helped you with this? Because, you know, the books. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of them, a lot of them did. But one of my favorite books of all time, it's actually a, a, a trilogy, and he's coming out with a second trilogy. It's this guy, Paul Selig. And he wrote, the first book I read of his was called Mastery. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the one that's my favorite is his very first one that's called I Am the Word. And it's it's in- amazing. First of all, this book was written, he channeled the entire thing. Oh. He And so all of these channeling sessions are actually recorded. And he still holds events now where he channels things. And when you mm-hmm. hear this guy talk, everything he says is such a mind-blowing truth. It's like stuff you, you've heard of, so you know mm-hmm. that it's true. Mm-hmm. But the way he just says it, and he, he kind of closes his eyes and he and he repeats things and it's a very interesting thing to watch. You can find some of his videos on YouTube of these channeling sessions. But 
he was channeling spirits or guides mm-hmm. or whatever you call them. And, and they told him like, this is what's going to happen. We want a witness also. So there was also a witness to each of them. And then these books have, they said very, very minimal editing only for grammar or punctuation mm-hmm. or something like that. Wow. But it was interesting because when Shane was doing one of his amazing workout routines on at muscle beach in Santa Monica, mm-hmm. People like Olympians and stuff will come up to him and say, oh, yeah, there was this one woman in particular that was used to be in the Olympics. And she came up to him and said, you're you do things that I've never seen people do before. She's got this routine. It almost seems like a dance. But some suddenly they got into conversation and she. And he told her about that book. And then a month later, we were at the beach and all of a sudden this woman comes running up to us and she's like, you gave me this book and it changed my life. I can't believe it. So it's, it's really amazing book, but it touches on almost everything and just, and just kind of lays it out there for your thoughts and, and healthy thought patterns and forgiveness and all of this stuff. So Mm. I would say that that is, it's the book I've read. And then I read it first and then got the audio book and I love just listening to it. And I've, I've probably listened to it four times now. Wow. And is that, do you think that's what helped you with relationships as well? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's interesting when you read that many books, it's hard to pinpoint exactly which one. Right. So I think true. it was little segments from each one. But when I was very young, my mom and dad, my mom and stepdad got sucked into a Amway, the oh, multi-level yeah. marketing yeah. thing. And the one good thing that came out of those few years was that it had a like a book club almost, I don't think it was a mandatory book club, but it felt like it. <laughs> so every <laughs> month there was a new, there was a new book that was coming in. And so I just like to read. And so I was like eight years old reading the five love languages and oh my gosh, sales book, who moved my cheese and, <laughs> I don't know, weird stuff. and, and uh, I also remember taking a class. My mom decided to put me in a church version of, um, of Girl Scouts and it was called confident kids. But oh, I wow. swear I learned stuff in that that I still use today. There were are little songs about being confident that it taught you about emotions and expressing yourself and, speaking to people and and realizing that somebody can't make you mad you are mad <laughs> you know stuff wow. like that that's amazing that, that all of that stuck you know what i mean uh, boy i bet your group leader would be pretty happy to hear you say that <laughs> i know i should go back and thank them yeah, that's amazing <laughs> yeah I, I haven't heard of that and i've been around church for a while but i haven't heard of that particular group that's awesome huh yeah it was it might have just been I know it was going around to the churches around us because I remember my mom saying, oh, we're adopting, our church is adopting this new program, Confident Kids, oh. and there's a wait list to get in and stuff like that. So <laughs> somebody have, was spreading around. Do you have that kind of memory where you remember a lot of details like that? Oh, yeah. So much. Every ex-boyfriend has hated it, but <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's very useful. I, very useful. I will say something that I'm like... <laughs> But remember six and a half weeks ago when you got the shifty eyed glance, like you were getting a text message from somebody? <laughs> Suddenly that's making more sense now. And like, Why do you remember everything? <laughs> I'm like that too, just so you know. <laughs> Perfect. Let's talk about the past together. <laughs> right. Let's not record that though. That could get really gnarly. So anyway, I, I would love to talk with you more, but I don't want to take up all of your life here. This has been really so much fun. And I can't wait for people to hear your show. I'm going to add it to my regular playlist because it's so good. It's just your whole style and what you what you do at it. It's like your it's your dharma. You found your thing. 
Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I really try to, um, I spend a lot of time on editing and I add like immersive sound design and people have questioned that. I've even questioned it like, well, I'm taking a good amount of time, but it drives me because, and I think it comes from the fact that when my dad died, he didn't really leave me anything. He, I found a little notebook and all it said inside was dear God. And on one hand I was like, well, this is kind of fitting. It almost seems like a cry for help Mm because he didn't want to die. But on the other hand, I was like, what about dear Melissa? Come on. You knew for a while you were dying. And so this way, I almost feel like if anything ever happened to me, I've got this little legacy that I've tied up and packaged in a bow. And it's it's got so much of my personality in it, even what I don't speak of, just the way I like to organize it and kind of make it its own little each episode, its own little product. So Mm. thank you for enjoying it. (laughs) That is beautiful. I mean, that's just beautiful. You are leaving this legacy and you're leaving something that people will listen to hundreds and hundreds. I mean, you know, this will all be out there and people will find us, right? Yeah. Generations so far ahead, our kids and their kids and on and on. Isn't that interesting to think? I'm like, when I, if, when I have kids, they're going to find all my podcasts, right? (laughs) which is cool, but I've shared a lot of stuff. (laughs) I know. I know. But you think about it, like, I think about my parents or my grandparent, you know, there's one grandma I was super close to. If I could have heard her tell stories. Oh my God. Right. It's like we get excited to find an old photo and something about it feels like you're unlocking history. Imagine what this next generation is going to be when uh, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of negative consequences to it, but everything's (laughs) logged, you know. And so for the people that are trying, that are trying hard, that are that are going out there with purpose, it's going to be really cool for them. I know. We're doing something really, really great. And I'm happy about it. And I hope the listeners love it too, because this kind of stuff just like seeps in our soul and their soul in my soul when I listen to it. And I think it makes us, like you said, better human beings along the way. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. Oh, wait, actually, we've almost forgot because we're on video and I get distracted. Um, Be sure to tell people where they can find you. You can find me at mindlove.com or on any of your favorite podcast players. I'm on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, all of them. All of so them. just search Mind Love. It's awesome too. And I love your site. It's got, it's just like says joy. It doesn't actually say the word, but you know, just looking at it, it says joy. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again so much. This has just been wonderful. Thank you so much, Jane. Okay, did I tell you or what? Yeah, her voice. Oh my gosh, I was just like lost in that for a while. But hey, here's the thing. When you get on the show and you're talking with somebody who does a podcast, hey, I do a podcast. She talks to people that have information on things she likes to learn about and that she's seeking. Hey, wait, I do that. And she has an action item at the end. And hey, wait, I talk about that. I talk about um, my takeaway from the show. So I think we're kindred spirits and future best friends, if you didn't notice that already. So here's what I, what I learned from Melissa. Um, for sure, I'm going to be documenting documenting out the kajillion steps of the things that I want to do with the show this year, because it's going to get big. And I also will be looking into vegan a little bit more closely and probably emailing her for recipes. So I learned two things on that show. How about you? Thanks for listening. So, are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com 
and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.